Hey guys, Darren Bentley here. And before we get started, I wanted to make a special announcement. We have officially opened registration for the Private Money Conference, which is a three-day live event where you will learn directly from Jay and his team how to raise thousands of dollars in private money to fund all of your real estate deals. Now, in today's changing market, more and more people are losing out to other investors because most of those investors have the cash to fund these deals. Did you know that you are missing out on 87% of the real estate deals out there because you don't have access to private money? Sadly, most real estate investors don't even know this is the reason why they continue to lose deal after deal. And with everything that's happening in the market today, you absolutely need every advantage available to you. And having access to unlimited amounts of private money is your big advantage. So to register for this live event, head over to jconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event, where you will be able to lock in your seat for this live in-person three-day event, which takes place June 12th, 13th, and the 14th in beautiful North Carolina. But you got to be fast because there are a limited number of seats, and when they are gone, they're gone. So again, to take advantage of this incredible event and to learn how to raise all the private money you'll ever need directly from Jay Connor and his team, head over to jayconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jayconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event. Now let's get into today's episode. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Real Estate Investing with Jay Connor. I'm Jay Connor, your host, also known as the Private Money Authority. And if this is your first time to tuning in, we want to give you a very, very special welcome to coming on to the show. Wow, we are almost to 200,000 downloads and listens, and we just launched about a year ago. And so we're mighty excited to how well everybody is following along. And if this is your first time in or you haven't done it yet, if you're on iTunes, uh, be sure and subscribe, rate and review so you don't miss out on this content going forward. Also that applies on Google Play. You may be watching on one of our YouTube channels. Be sure and subscribe there as well. So if you're brand new to real estate investing with Jay Connor, we talk about all things real estate, single family houses, commercial, land, self-storage, you name it, we talk about it. The reason I'm known as the private money authority is because when I started in this business 16 years ago, I was relying on the local banks to fund my deals. But then uh, just a few short years into it, I got cut off with no notice like everybody else did back in 2008 and 2009. And I was introduced to this wonderful world of private money, which does nothing to do with local banks or mortgage companies. So I've got a free gift for everybody that's tuning in here to the show. If you're looking for more funding for your deals, regardless of what your hard money lender or mortgage broker would say, go to www.jayconner.com forward slash money podcast. I've got a free online class there waiting for you that'll show you the five easy steps to go from having no funding to over $2 million in funding, just like I did when I got cut off from the banks. 
So again, that's www.jayconner.com forward slash money podcast. Well, if you've been tuning into the show for any length of time, you know that I have just amazing experts and guests here on the show that pull the curtain back and reveal the knowledge that they have on very specific areas as relates to real estate investing. We talk about uh, how to find deals. We talk about how to get them funded. We talk about how to sell them fast. Talk about how to automate your business. And today my guest and expert is bringing a strategy here to this show, unlike any other guest that I've had here on the show before. So my guest, he and I are in a high-end mastermind group as well, and his name is Jan Regan. Let me tell you just a little bit about Jan before I bring him on. He's a native of Texas and Oklahoma, just like my wife, Carol Joy. And along the way, when it came time for college, believe it or not, France offered to pay for his education. He went over there, he got, he got educated in my lands. He's got degrees in physics and mathematics from France. And what he's bringing here to the table today, folks, is very, very new, at least new to me and my audience. And along with that, what you're going to be able to do and learn is about what's called cost segregation. And what cost segregation uh, in essence is, and of course, Jan's going to tell us all about it here in a moment, but what it's about, it's about having a very unique and special strategy on how you can save big time money on your taxes. And particularly with the way the laws are right now, you can save big money when you buy a property. This strategy also applies to existing properties that you own, but we're going to be talking about cost segregation and the tax advantages. Jan's uh, background, I mean, he's a builder, designer, a developer. He's done multifamily. He's done commercial properties, but I'm excited to have him on here to talk about this strategy called cost segregation. So Jan, welcome to the show, my friend. Well, thank you so much, Jay. It's great to see you again. Wonderful to be here. Appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jan, you know, when you first were telling me about cost segregation, I mean, I've been in this business now for 16 years and been around housing for my lands over 40 years. And so you're talking a new strategy to me. And so first, let's just go ahead and dive in, Jan, and tell everybody what in the world is cost segregation and what does that mean? And how does that apply to us as real estate investors? <laughs> I appreciate the question, Jay. That's really good. You know, about five years ago, it would have been a much easier question to answer than it is today. But having said that, you know, the central thing about cost segregation really is this basic idea, this basic concept that it's really not how much money you have coming in the door. It's how much you keep at the end of the day. And one of the things that I grew up with was if you pay attention to the, the little things, the big things will very often take care of themselves. Taxes being one of them. My dad was a tax guy, and he actually was the comptroller of a major oil company. And his attitude was if the government offers you a deduction to reduce your taxable income, you take it because you want to pay as few dollars as you possibly can to the IRS. And that's really what this cost segregation thing is all about. So normally what happens is you go out and you buy a property or you build one or you acquire one somehow. And if it's a residential rental property, you wind up depreciating that thing over 27 and a half years. 
If it's commercial property, it takes you a wonderful 39 years to get all the tax benefits of having invested all that money. And so I don't know about you, but I would really rather not take 30 or 40 years to get all my tax benefits. Well, it turns out that back in 1996, there was a big tax court case, and I won't get into the weeds unless you really want to go there, but there was a big tax court case where the U.S. tax court sided with a company that argued we should not have to take 30 or 40 years to get the tax breaks out of all of our property. Some of the things that are in this building when we buy it, we should be able to depreciate over five years or seven years or 10 years, something a lot shorter than this 30 or 40 years. And to make a long story short, the court agreed. So what this cost segregation stuff does is identifies everything in a property that will qualify for that preferential treatment. And what that means today for most properties is if I go out and I buy something, chances are I'm going to have somewhere between 20% on the low end and maybe as high as 40 or 45% on the high end of what I paid for that building being something I can deduct right now here today. So to put some numbers on it, I go buy a $100,000 house. I should be able to get a $30,000 deduction today under the current tax rules. And so that's just for is that, in, is that in contrast to where it was going to take, you know, 20 or 30 years without using the cost segregation strategy? That's correct. If wow. you do nothing, if you go buy a house, you know, as a rental property, you want to, maybe you're somebody who's just getting started. You want to go buy this rental property. So you go buy yourself a house, you fix it up and you do whatever, and you pay some amount of money for that thing. So the way things are set up right now is if you do nothing, you're going to depreciate that house over 27 and a half years. Right. So, you know, just take whatever you paid for the thing, divide it by 27 and a half, and that's your deduction. So you'll take that amount off of your taxable income every year. If on the other hand, you go do one of these cost segregation studies, and I should probably interject here, they're not all created the same, so you do have to watch what you're doing. But if you do one of these things, you're going to identify certain parts of that house that will actually qualify as personal property, other parts that will qualify as land improvements. And under the current rules, everything you identify that falls in those two buckets you can take a deduction on today. So like I said, if it's a $100,000 house, you should wind up with something approaching 30% or $30,000 would be a deduction. If it's a million dollar commercial property, that's a $300,000 or a $350,000 deduction. So as you can see, that's a pretty major deal pretty quickly. I'm getting bigger deduction than I probably have into the property to begin with. That's amazing. Do most CPAs know about this strategy and know how to employ it? Good question. Depends upon what part of the country you're in. And I would say, generally speaking, most CPAs have heard of it. And there are some who implement it on a fairly regular basis. But there's a lot of misconceptions. People think it costs too much or they really haven't evaluated what the pros and cons are 
or they're dealing with just some really endemic kinds of belief systems that just turn out not to be true. I mean, as I said, this thing really came into existence in 1996. So it's been around for 23 years. It's been tested over and over and over again. This is not some kind of loophole thing or some, you know, smoke and mirrors types of plan. It is a very legitimate tax strategy, which quite interestingly has evolved and become even more advantageous over the years. So where it used to be, we were doing this only to get the shorter depreciation periods on some portion of our property. There are other advantages today that a lot of CPAs, frankly, are not aware of. Or maybe they're not set up to go through the process with or for their clients. This is true. True. Or they don't know somebody who can do it. You know, it's a highly technical exercise. And so they may not feel comfortable or they could be just like one of my early accountants. I remember asking him when I first found out about cost segregation, what our role was, you know, what he saw our position being. And he said, quite frankly, Jan, my job is to keep your tail out of jail. And I said, no, wait a minute. I appreciate that. But if you come up with strategies, you know, that will help my business enterprise, you're going to bring them to me. Right. And he said, no, 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 no. That's not my job. And I was very shocked and surprised to hear that. He did not see himself as being an advocate or somebody who was kind of my partner to advance my business interest. He saw it simply as, I fill out the tax form, I make sure you cross the T's and dot the I's, and that was all he saw his job as being. Now, if I brought it to him, sure, he would give me his opinion. But it was up to me to bring these ideas to him, not the other way around. And fortunately or unfortunately, I have found that to be the dominant attitude of, or position, I should say, of the CPAs that we, we see around the country. That makes sense. 